0: What's up guys? Welcome to Winnipeg's Finest, the podcast where we get personal with notable Winnipeggers. If you haven't been with us before, here's what you've missed. Which is like even more trippy to think because the particles act differently when they're observed, Mm -hmm. which means they know they're being watched. (laughs) Like what? I can't imagine what it would be like if I accidentally killed a guest, because I ate a peanut butter granola bar. I'm just asking too oh, late. Way too late. <laughs> I was like, after I was completely done, did not wash my hands.
1: <laughs> hey, Mr. Professor, look at me, make money. What? Call campus security. out
0: of here. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Winnipeg's Finest. Today's guest is none other than the leader of the NDP party for, I mean, technically, it's just the leader of the NDP, because the P stands for party, so it's not leader of the New Democratic Party party, the leader of Manitoba's NDP Wob Canoe. He's also an author. He's also a world traveler. This is a fucking great time. You already know who it is. I don't even know to describe who he is and what he does. You guys are here for the Wob episode, and we will give you the Wob episode. I'm not even going to describe what we talk about because you guys are just going to want to hear it already instead of me rambling on, looking for my sponsors, and acting like I have them I'm already on my phone, and when I secretly don't, my good friend Eric at My Ride Auto wants to save you the hassle of going to the dealership. If you're looking to buy, sell, or trade a vehicle, tell Eric what you're looking for and he'll bring it right to your front door. For the absolute highest level of customer service matched with stress-free approval and purchase, call or message Eric today. Get approved today. Look at his contact info. It's in the description below. We're also sponsored by Unity Underwear. It's eco-friendly. It takes 30 times less water to grow. It's the most renewable resource on the planet. It's made out of 95% bamboo, 5% spandex. It's made out of natural fabric, no pesticides to grow or fertilizers, super soft and durable. I'm wearing mine right now. They're fucking awesome. If you use the code WPGSFINEST, you get 20% off every purchase. So, use our code, head down to their website. It's in the description below. We're also brought to you by Jellyfish Float Spa, best place in Winnipeg to receive the wonders of float therapy. If you use our code WPGSFINESTPOD, you get 15% off all float purchases. Okay, guys, here you go. This is the big one. Wob Canoe, coming right up. We're good? Live? We're good. Okay, perfect. Wob, how's it going, man? going pretty good it's good to see you again yeah thanks for having me yeah thank you for being on the show I know uh like I said off air whenever I I tell people that we're having a politician on I would be like oh that's really good for you and some people are like oh a politician like what's going on so I kind of hope that this uh, episode will show people that you're a wonderful human being and that you know politicians are actually nice people too instead of these faraway figures that we only look at through the news it, it, it still hurts my feelings every time I'm referred to as a politician. <laughs> so Yeah, for sure. Hopefully this helps people. It's understand. my job, and it still
2: hurts. In my mind, I'm still like an 18-year-old trying to fight it.
1: Like <laughs> fight the power, <laughs> or, fight the power.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. In real world, everyone looks at me and they're like, "Oh, he's the man." That okay. So. What what do you tell people like icebreakers for people who don't know you at a party? They're like, "Oh, so what do you do?" You're like, "I'm." Uh, I'm kind of a big deal. Like, like, <laughs> <Ron Berkey. laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. You, you just know, tell him, like, let me call my, uh, my press secretary. So like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'll get back to you later in the night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let me find a reasonable answer and we'll, I'll give you that to you. No, there's
2: just a hand gesture for when the press <laughs> secretary has to swoop in and bail me out of a conversation. Yeah. yeah
0: I was just going to make a hand gesture and be like, oh, nobody's going to see this, but we actually do have, film team on today, so this is exciting stuff. Yeah, they'll have to pick between me staring the camera down intensely in that moment and you giving the finger guns. Just sweating. (laughs) Just sweating. Yeah, we'll see what their creative genius says. Um, I know like the past election, uh, obviously you want to go into every election with the idea of winning, Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't go that way. Mm -hmm. How did you kind of view the election going in, and now how is it different from how you view it now?
2: Well, I think the election was... um Pretty pretty amazing experience overall. You know, Nobody's ever had uh, the opportunity from a community like mine, you know what I mean? Starting life in a reserve and getting the chance to run for premier of a right. province in Canada. So that was pretty exciting. And then just generally, like how many people in Manitoba's history from any background have had a chance to run to be the premier of Manitoba, right? A few dozen probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty amazing. And I got a chance to meet a lot of cool people. I got a chance to learn a tonne. It's like uh, it's like playing sports or like doing something in public, right? Like as soon as you're done, you have all these ideas of, oh, I wish I would have said this, yeah. or I wish I would have done that. Right? You know, could have done this and that. But overall, I feel pretty good about what we did. Like um, I'm the only leader whose party increased our number of seats. Every nice. other party lost seats in this election, right? So we definitely have a lot to build on. And, uh, we got a lot of young new members on our team now, right? Like there's 13 new MLAs in total in Manitoba and 11 of them are on our side. Yeah. So almost all of the new energy in Manitoba's political scene is with the Manitoba NDP. So there's a lot to, a lot to feel good about. And, um, yeah, I would have liked to win the election. Yeah. Obviously I'm super competitive and very much want to change things for the better here. Like the downside of us losing the election I do think it's pretty serious. Like the healthcare stuff that you saw probably over the holidays, people mm-hmm. waiting in the ERs and all these complaints on Facebook or social media, right? Like we would have worked really hard to try and fix that. Um, you're not seeing that getting acted on with uh, the getting another term. Yeah. Climate change. Like you look at what's going on in Australia. You look at the weather and the winter we've had so far, obviously climate change is real. And most people say we have 10 years to do something about climate change. Well, this government isn't going to do anything. So, really, because they got back in, we're going to have six years yeah. to do something about climate change. At the end of it, so those are the, I guess, the more serious sides of uh, you know the outcome of the election here. But the main thing is, you know, it was a big learning experience for me. And so now, having learned a lot and built a strong foundation with this team that I'm working with now, we're getting ready for the next election, and hopefully, we'll be able to win it, and then be able to do really good things, like I was talking about, on climate change, on healthcare, and on building um, a Manitoba that's ready for the future, like a tech-facing province that has good jobs for everybody here.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, obviously you would have liked to win, and there's uh, like very serious aspects that come with, uh, at least in your mind, about losing the election. But do you think that there's kind of a lost the battle, but won the war in the sense that you guys actually did grow, and there are younger people entering uh, your team.
2: Yeah, like there's a lot of really positive things about it. Um, we made you know history, electing the you know two of the first three Black MLAs in Manitoba's history, which is super cool. So we got Uzoma Asiguera and uh, Jamie Moses on our team. We got a lot of really smart people: um, Mark Wasilio, Adrian Sala, Lisa Naylor. I could go on. These are people who are really progressive on the environment. Mm-hmm really smart people who've done real things out there before becoming politicians, right? So they're not just people who, you know, were part of the political class growing up, but they were out Mm -hmm. there being teachers, lawyers, you know, in the community doing real things. So I'm very excited about what they're all going to do because, you know, whether we do this in the next few years or it takes longer than that, this this team is going to be the next government in Manitoba. Right. Yeah. Eventually people are going to get sick of the right. Conservatives. And so when I think about some of these MLAs becoming you know, finance ministers, health ministers, people who can make decisions about the environment or about our economy, about technology in Manitoba, uh, I feel pretty good about that.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean... A lot of things you're telling me about uh, your team growing and Mm -hmm. uh, the importance of that, you know, I kind of, even before you answered, I kind of thought it was like, oh, he probably was bummed out that he lost and there's no positives to take from it. And I think that kind of shows how politically uninformed a lot of our young demographic is, right? Like, I never even heard people bring some of that stuff up. It's just, does the team win? Does the team lose? Who's winning? Who's losing? Uh, Why do you think that there is such, uh, like, a weird... Aura around politics in today's world.
2: I think part of it is way bigger than Manitoba, right? Like mm-hmm. Manitoba politics compared to the Trump show happening yeah. next door, it's <laughs> yeah. not super influential, right? So most Drop in the what, bucket. Yeah, so most of what we deal with on a political level here, it's coming from the states or it's coming from the national scene, things like right. that. Justin Trudeau, whatever he's up to, things like that. But. So I think part of it is just like the overall people have seen politicians, you know, the the cliche of the lying politician or the politician who's maybe out of touch or is very safe and they're just giving the talking point type answers. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, that's part of it. And, you know, part of it's just our society. People have shorter attention spans. People would probably rather look at, you know, um, whatever other interests they have when they're scrolling through their social feed or looking on their phone rather than, you know, Mm -hmm. get into the details of rural health care or yeah. agriculture policy in Manitoba, right? Yeah. But those are things that I'm really passionate about. Those are things that I care about. So I think it's it's really up to politicians, you know, people such as myself, people like those on my team. It's up to us to figure out a way to try and make people care, try yeah, and make yeah. people pay attention more, right? And I do think that, you know, if I was to point a fault at overall how politics has been practiced over the past few decades – Politicians got overly concerned with playing it safe because they thought that that would help them get elected. But then now that's created a situation where almost every election that happens, we get lower and lower voter turnout, mm-hmm. and we get less and less people passionate about mm-hmm. it. There was a time, a few decades ago, where like people didn't want to go to a nightclub, people didn't want to go out, you know, and do whatever you know social thing. People would go to rallies, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? People would be involved in political yeah. organizing, people would be protesting, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think society has changed, but also our politics has changed. And unfortunately, that's left a lot of people feeling like it's not for them. Yeah. What I'm trying to do, what my team is trying to do is say, no, this is really important. You know, if you care about climate, if you care about our province, you know, if you care about the neighborhood that you live in, let's pay attention, let's get involved, and hopefully, let's try and make things a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and politics, again, like, is such a bloodbath today, and I do think, I, I like that you brought up what's going on in America, because it kind of seems like what America does goes with the rest of the world, and with their politics being the circus that it is, Yeah, I feel like that's just bled into every other country.
2: It has, and... Obviously, they've been influenced too. Like, you know, their election got hacked to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, you saw warning signs of that, like with Brexit and with other things happening in other countries too. But yeah, overall, you know, every now and then we get a politician that people get really excited about. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, Barack Obama was that politician for me when I was in my 20s, right? Yeah. Um, So my goal is hopefully our team, we can put together a message out there that people are going to get excited about and say like, yeah, that's the Manitoba I want to live in. I want to live somewhere that's a leader when it comes to the climate. I want to live somewhere that has a really smart, fast-moving economy that gives me a ton of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I also want to live in a province where people care about one another and they don't just walk by when they see somebody on hard times, that they actually are proud that, yeah, we take care of each other here in this, in this place.
0: Yeah. Um, I know there's, uh, I actually saw. I think it was maybe you reposted or something, but there's an initial backlash towards the conservatives being voted back in, and a lot of people, myself included, uh, didn't realize that there was an early election. And I still don't yeah. know what that is, if I'm being honest. Can you talk about what an early election is, how that gets put in, and then why it happened in 2019?
2: Well, uh, so the the election, there's a law that says when the election's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. The election was supposed to be in the fall of 2020, so Mm -hmm. later this year. And the reason why that law was created is that, you know, in the day, like, say, in the 90s and in the 80s, uh, the government would just call an election whenever it suited their purposes, basically whenever they could get reelected. And then people didn't like that, so Mm -hmm. then they made a law that said that the election would happen every four years, unless there was a minority government. So this time, basically, uh, Mr. Pallister, the premier, just ignored the law. And he called uh, an early election. He called it a year early. And he called it in August, when pretty much in Manitoba, no one's paying attention to yeah. uh, politics, let alone... Right. Well, people aren't paying attention to work or school, let alone politics, mm-hmm. right? And so the impact is that uh, the voter turnout was really low. So not too many people voted. And not too many young people voted. So it was a pretty pretty like cynical move, I would say. Cynical, calculated um cold move to try and ensure that there was an election when the sitting government had the best chance of getting reelected and when young people had the lowest chance of participating. Sure. And so the reason on a political level why I think he called the early election is I think he knew he knew that the healthcare stuff is getting way worse. Yeah. As you've seen like these posts of people waiting five days in the ER on Facebook over the holidays or all these stories about nurses, you know, being willing to walk off the job. So he knew that was coming. And then a lot of people expect that maybe there's going to be a recession uh, later this year or next year, right? And it's difficult to get reelected in a recession. So I think he just made a a political calculation to say, well, it's going to be really, really tough for us to get reelected in 2020. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to ignore the law and uh, go a year early.
0: And because he's the premier, you can just do that? Yeah. Wow. Essentially. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. Interesting. (laughs) And then uh, on like a federal level, uh, there was a minority. The Liberals won, right? Yeah. And so we're going to have another election in two years. Probably. But
2: they'll do the same thing. Like
0: Justin Trudeau will
2: call the election whenever it's convenient to him. Essentially. Right? Like there's all this procedural stuff that has to happen Mm -hmm. in the House. The government has to fall. But basically when they think that they can get reelected. They're gonna kick that into action, and then we'll have <laughs> yeah. the minority government fall, and then there'll be another federal election. Interesting. But most people think it's two years, just because that's that's been the trend through history.
0: Yeah. 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 Interesting. Uh, I know, like again, with the conservatives, th- some of the biggest complaints are the health care stuff, yeah. and uh, you know they're not putting as much money into the communities. And I know some of the complaints and negative stuff about the NDP is they spend too much money. You know, I've heard people call it the spend DP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what would you say to people who would say that you guys spend too much money and that the NDP is too focused on taking taxpayers' monies? Gary Dewar
2: balanced 10 budgets in a row when he was a premier. He was a premier from 1999 to 2009. Mm-hmm. And every be- every budget that he brought forward was balanced, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian Pallister hasn't balanced a single budget yet. Gary Philman ran deficits through most of the 90s. Yeah. Right? Like, oversimplifying, but the, these are some facts. Tommy Douglas, like the the he's like the saint of the NDP, basically. He was a premier in Saskatchewan for, for 20 years. He balanced the budget for almost 20 mm-hmm. years. And what Tommy Douglas said, so we're going back into ancient history here, politically speaking. Go for it. But what he said is... He said you want to balance the budget because if you don't then you're going to have to go asking for tax increases from the working person and that's not fair to them right Hmm. so that's actually a very ndp idea it's a very new democrat idea that you should respect the working person Mm -hmm. and let them get through life without taking taking too much of their cash obviously there's things that a government needs to do like provide a health care system to provide the roads that power of the economy and then yeah, allow us to, exactly. to get around, build the schools, build the universities. There's a lot of important things. Now, today, I would say that another big role for government to do is to fight climate change, right? Like, us on our own, we probably have a really important role to play, like in terms of what we eat, how do we get around our lifestyle and how that mm-hmm. contributes to global warming. But each of us acting on our own, um, if, unless there's like a bigger group coordinating it, which yeah. a government could do we may not succeed in meeting that challenge of of fighting climate change. So overall, most, uh, NDP governments have been pretty good with uh, people's money and respected and been respectful of of taxpayers. And that's my approach. You know, I didn't get into this, um, to do any of those things. Like I want the budget to be balanced because if the budget's balanced, then we're going to be able to focus on more important things like fighting climate change, like making sure people in our society are healthy, like creating jobs, like figuring out what tech industries can this province be successful in, right? We're yeah. probably not going to compete with Silicon Valley in like AI or, you know, uh, we're not going to dislodge Facebook from
0: social networking. Be nice, though. But,
2: <laughs> well, we can, we can paid, dream. We can dream.
0: But like, Bring back my space.
2: <laughs> yeah, your space. <laughs> Novel take. But there's probably some cool things that we could do. Here, like in terms of uh, some of the big industries that we're already big on, right? Like uh, like ag, manufacturing, transportation, we could probably do some really cool stuff there. Manitoba, with cheap electricity and cold temperatures, we're probably a good place to locate server farms, right? Yeah. So we could land some of those uh, operations here. Also, cold weather testing for electric vehicles and autom- autonomous vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. Like Tesla just launched a Cybertruck. Is that thing going to start in minus 40? Well, come yeah. here and test it out, right? That's a good question. What, what up, Elon? Are, yeah. Come on. Yeah, what's up?
0: We're trying. We're t- I've DM'd him like eight times.
2: See, I respond to the, the DM invite to be on the show. Yeah, so exactly. So there you go. If only Elon is more like Wap Canoe, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> good. Yeah, so yeah, at the end of the day, you know, I'm doing this for you know a vision of Manitoba's future that I think a lot of people probably probably share.
0: Yeah, because yeah. I know like if you had to say If I asked you, what is the role of the government? What would you say that answer is?
2: The role of the government is to um, help the people in uh, the place where we live to do the things that we can't do individually, Mm -hmm. right? So individually, I'm all about freedom and, you know, the ability to pursue your own happiness, whatever that is. I also believe in personal responsibility. Yeah. In a major way. That's a, that's a big component. Like you have to be responsible to go out there and hustle and to to make your life what you want it to be. But at the same time, if we're all just running around pursuing our own liberty and acting out what we think is our own individual responsibility, probably a bunch of us are going to run into each other. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that sort of coordinating lawmaking function that government has, which is basically to enforce contracts, to ensure that there's a police force, there's law and order, there's safety and security, things like that. But also I would argue that um, if you believe in freedom and if you believe in everyone having a fair shot at success, then you need to help people who, for whatever reason, are not starting at the same starting point. Yeah. Right? And I'm not saying like you have to intervene to a huge extent, but no kid should be starving. I yeah. would argue. I agree. Right? Yeah. I would I would say every kid should have an opportunity to get educated how far they go, what kind of education, Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of that should be up to the the decision of the individual and of the family. But I think every kid should have the chance. Mm -hmm. And no kid should basically start life thinking, okay, well, university is not realistic. I'm going to drop out, right? Mm -hmm. Just because of the social situation they're born into. I think that they should have the opportunity to, you know, sky's the limit. Like my sister, as an example, my sister's a professor at Harvard University. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. She oh. was there with me at, in the house on the reserve, right? So if you were just looking demographically or just looking at, at uh, where we spent a lot of time when we were growing up, you wouldn't have necessarily thought that. Yeah, right. But because our family made decisions and because she made the most of her opportunities she was able to, to climb the rank and show that she's one of the smartest people at her age on the planet, right? That's yeah. awesome. And so, well, in her field at least. And yeah, super awesome. About older brother, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, And there's tons of other stories like that. So I think all of us need to ask, you know, in Manitoba right now, are there kids for whatever reason who aren't reaching their full potential? Um, you know, maybe it's uh, because of where they started life. Maybe it's a mental health issue that they're facing. Maybe it's some other uh, barrier. And I think the role of government should be, government can't do everything, but a government can do some things. And one of the things that a government should do is to ensure that everybody has an equal opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, I think, because there needs to be a healthy balance between people taking their lives into their own hands and the government actually letting people do that, right? It's guidance, I think. You don't want to be controlling people or be this iron fist that everybody has to go through, but you like to think, at least, that you know what you're doing and your team knows what they're doing to guide people in the right direction.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, where you have a king or you have a dictator, that never works. No. You know, it, it's it's not right. And, you know, I am a big believer in human rights and I think one of the fundamental human rights is How the freedom you? to uh, <laughs> say controversial, unpopular opinion, <laughs> yeah. But, like, one of the big things is, yeah, everyone should be free to choose what they want to do with their life. Right. provided they're not making somebody else... It causing yeah. no harm, off. right? Yeah, they're not causing harm or making someone else suffer.
0: Yeah, yeah I think, uh, like, again, a lot of people would tell me, at least on face value, and I can't say, what does a lot of people mean to me, right? Like, 20 yeah. people. <laughs> what kind of fraction is that of the actual population of Manitoba? But uh, some of the appeal with the Conservatives was, you know, they're cutting taxes and we won't have to pay as much to the government, And is that as good as it seemed? I mean, obviously, you're not a conservative, so you wouldn't necessarily agree with that, but how more complicated is it underneath the surface?
2: Well, you're paying more towards the government than when Pallister came into office, right? It's just that you're paying it to other levels of government now, or you're paying it uh, in other ways, right? And I would say that at the end of the day, the bill that you're going to have to contend with at the end of this four years that Mr. Palliser got elected for, when the climate change bill comes due, Mm -hmm. when the social bill comes due, Mm -hmm. that's going to blow away whatever uh, tax savings you thought you were going to make over these next four years, right? Mm -hmm. Because these things have a way of kind of building up over time. And we're going to have to deal with it eventually. And it's just going to get worse. And it's just going to be more of a challenge to deal with when we do. So here's what I mean by that. So they they came in. Uh, and in order to try and um, run on this uh, campaign message that you just articulated there, they had to cut a lot of things like money that the city of Winnipeg used to get for transit. And mm-hmm. so they raised you know transit fares dramatically. They also cut other transfers that the city and other um, towns and villages across the province used to get and as a result those towns and the city of Winnipeg raised your property tax bill yeah right and so you're you're <clears throat> paying more you're paying more just to a different uh, organization yeah basically and what's happening now by ignoring the meth crisis by ignoring addictions is you have a, a, a safety issue in Winnipeg and across yeah. manitoba so what is the price that you put on being able to walk through downtown Winnipeg safely, being able to walk through your, your neighborhood safely, yeah, and that's what you are giving up by this government's decisions, or this government is forcing you to give up, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, with climate change, right? Like you look at what's happening in Australia right now, or uh, happened over the holidays in Australia. You look at some of the impact on our economy. Um, there's been huge impacts on agriculture in Manitoba. Every year, thousands of people are evacuated in this province because of wildfires or because mm-hmm. of flooding. That's going to get worse, right? Mm-hmm. A government's not going to be able to change that overnight, but a government should at least start trying to reckon with that. Yeah. And so all these things, you may be looking at one tab, the financial thing, but I think you got to take a balanced approach. It's not, it's financial is important, but you also have to look at social. You also have to look at environmental. And these other tabs are building up and building up and building up, and it's it's going to be a lot more. Of a, a challenge to deal with these things when we get the opportunity to do yeah. so. Interesting,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the other things I want to talk about the election was when Julie and I actually did that video with you at the at the Forks. Yeah. You know, and we posted it. A lot of people, or not a lot of people. I keep saying a lot of people. Like there's like millions of people in my DMs, which yeah. there aren't. It's just thousands. But uh, <laughs> <The> thousands in <laughs> <be my> <laughs> But some people messaged me like, "Oh, how could you talk to Bob Canoe? He did." A, B, and C, and yeah. I know you've probably gone over this thousands of times with people—actual thousands, not figurative thousands—and it's got to be like exhausting. But does it bother you when people still bring that stuff up? Uh, as you bring it up, uh, <laughs> I'm just <kidding>. uh, nice.
2: <laughs> you know, I, le- I i try and put a positive spin on this too. Uh, how many people in Manitoba have the experience of having? Their opponent spent $2 million trying to attack their character and trying to attack their integrity. Does anyone else in the province know what that's like? That's I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can tell you what that's like. I can. My kids can tell you what it's like. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Watching that happen to their dad. Um, at the end of the day, I'm in this for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anybody who knows me, I think, will probably agree with that. Maybe they don't agree with my politics, but I think they'd agree that I'm uh, in it for the right reasons. And before I got into politics, I wrote a book in which I was my own worst critic. Mm -hmm. I put this stuff on the... The reason the conservatives were able to mount attack ads against me is because of the fact that I disclosed the fact that, you know, I was a screw-up when I was young. I got caught up in the party lifestyle when I was a late teen and young adult. And so I don't think that that is properly appreciated yet by people. People... Uh, I've heard the conservative ads, and the conservatives want you to believe that my past is something that I'm running away from. Mm-hmm. Just the opposite. This is the reason that I'm running. I've led a life in Manitoba where I think I've seen the extreme over here, mm-hmm. and I've also had tremendous opportunity. By the way, they didn't include this in the attack ads. Mm-hmm. I've worked overseas. I've worked in the States. I've written a book. I've written, you know, I've rose to the top of the media field within a few years of entering it. I've worked in academia. You know, I've done a ton of cool things. I've had the opportunity to meet presidents, to meet, you know, heads of state, all sorts of cool things. And so I've seen the two extremes of what can happen in a province like Manitoba. I've seen somebody who's been down and out, and I've lived it, and I've been somebody who's been given amazing opportunity, and I'm super grateful for it. And because I've had that life experience, I think that I can bring more humanity into government because I've seen what it's like to be on that side of life, but also maybe more optimism mm-hmm. because I know what a young person can do if they have the right education, if they have the right connects, if they have the right opportunities. Right. Doesn't matter if you start life here in Winnipeg or Brandon or Dauphin, anywhere in Manitoba, you can go to the top. You yeah. know what I mean? I had that opportunity in my life and I want to hopefully
0: help a lot of other people do it too. I can't imagine that would make a good attack ad like Wob Canoe went overseas, <laughs> met the president. Is this who you want in office? <laughs> Wrote <Cool>. a book. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> who can actually
0: read these <laughs> days? Everybody knows tweets are important, <laughs> not books. Yeah. What a dinosaur. But I mean,
2: it's it's that's life, right? Yeah. You know, whatever happens, happens. And and sponsored so. by the Conservative <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's I knew that that was coming, entering politics. Right. I know there's going to be attack ads. Yeah. I didn't know what the ads would look like, but it's what I signed up for. Yeah, have, uh, have thick skin, right? Yeah, you got to have thick skin, and it doesn't make it easier. Like It still sucks when you see still hurts. that happen for the <laughs> yeah, first time. Yeah. Or, you know, but I'm
0: you know sure you got tired, better at dealing but, with it.
2: Yeah, and I think it made me a better person too, mm-hmm. right? Because I think like being an indigenous person and then having my experience that I did in life, uh, a lot of time, maybe I got used to um, being on this side of the conversation. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, because I was very active in the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and that whole movement around, you know, kind of bringing justice for the residential school survivors. Yeah. And so working with that group, I got very used to being on that side of the conversation where it's more like we're asking for justice or we're like holding the powerful to account. Mm-hmm. But what's happened to me since I entered politics and like through being attacked politically or attacked on the ra- the airwaves and stuff like that is then now I'm on the other side. I'm the one answering the questions when people are asking them things like that. And so hopefully it's taught me to be maybe more patient and more humble and to just be more conscientious and more thoughtful. Right. How I interact with people and things like that.
0: What was that like for the first time when you realized that like, Oh shit, I'm on the other side of this.
2: It was pretty, uh, it was pretty, pretty
0: humbling, I guess. Yeah. Cause you have to like, um,
2: uh, Like, I'll give you an example. So, like I was saying, um, like, earlier in my life, maybe I had been more used to, like, I'm the one who's been done wrong. Mm -hmm. And now I'm trying to uh, have amends made or get something right. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by I'm the one who's done wrong. So, here's an example. So, I was born and grew up first few years of my life on a reserve. My family moved off the reserve to Winnipeg so I'd be able to go to a decent school. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. The Canadian Human Rights
2: Tribunal couple years ago said that that is racial discrimination on the part of the canadian government the fact that the reserve schools are underfunded right so earlier in my life up until that point basically i was like well that's not right that's not fair i'm the one who's been done wrong and it legitimately so i would say all these kids who are getting a subpar education on reserve or who have to move and uproot their lives because of the underfunding That's not right. That should be fixed, right? Mm -hmm. But anyways, I'm saying all that because that was kind of the mentality that I was used to. But then I got into politics and I realized that, like, on Twitter and whatever, I'd made some uh, hurtful comments towards LGBTQ folks, Yeah. right? And then I had to own up to that. And I had to answer questions of people who were like, is that really how you feel? Or do you understand what it means when you say this or that? Mm -hmm. Things like that. And I think... Forcing myself into those conversations helped me, one, be more thoughtful, like I was saying earlier, but it also gave me this new perspective on life, Mm -hmm. right, which is like, okay, you're not just the victim, you can also be the aggressor, you're not just on this side, you have to understand what it's like on that side, and so process of growing older, more mature, hopefully, Yeah. You know, then that's the goal, right? Got a bit
0: more perspective on things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a true sign of maturity. To say that like, you know, I Oh I I
2: just said that about myself
0: basically. (laughs) 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 You know, to acknowledge that Maybe you can cross the line sometimes. And I think especially in today's society with cancel culture and everybody's yeah. attention spans are so short, especially on Twitter and Instagram and all these social media platforms. We forget that it's like, hey, there's a human being behind this keyboard. And if they do something wrong, it's not because they're an asshole or they're mean spirited or uh, they're terrible people. Sometimes they just i either A, don't know yeah. or B, have a viewpoint that's limited and they need to be shown the right thing, right?
2: The other thing I would say is nobody can stand up to the scrutiny of a media firestorm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Right. doesn't matter who you are. Like a Mother Teresa was still alive, you know, and mm-hmm. if she got on the wrong side of one of these conversations <laughs> and the media went after her... She'd be cancelled. They'd, they'd, they'd pull something out, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. when she was five years old, da-da-da-da-da, yeah. da, you know. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of an unrealistic expectation, I think, that the that cancel culture is kind of put out there right? Like, people, I think, are starting to adjust to it, and some of the conversations that we're having are about where does that balance come. Some of the people who've been called out are monsters and deserve to yes, be canceled. Yes, of course, you know, right? And then some of it is maybe we're figuring out what it means to live in, a, in an era where everything is documented from, you know, the time you're a teenager uh, yeah.
0: on yeah. social media, right? Yeah, and like, uh, even to quote another example, like, Kevin Hart had tweets pulled up that were 10 years old or something. Yeah. And it's not to say that his viewpoint at the time was correct. It's just he had apologized did he, for Did he things. change
2: his view though? Did he?
0: I think yeah. he did. Yeah. I yeah. think he apologized for it. Because it he apologized for it initially, I think. Yeah. And then he refused to apologize last year, the most recent point. Right. And then when they uh, cut him from the show, he went and apologized again. It, it was a whole mess. I don't agree with him not apologizing and then apologizing, but I, he did actually apologize years after the tweets. Right. And then more years after, I think it was twenty nineteen.
2: Yeah, I guess it probably would have been good if he just stuck to the apology. Yeah, I just said, "Oh, I'm, yeah, no, that
0: was that was stupid." <laughs> yeah, I've that's apologized no for believe. this before. However, I'm going to do it again just because. Yeah. If people are hurt by this, I, that's not my intentions. And yeah,
2: I'm, that's the main thing. Like
0: how I look at it, anyways,
2: is if you put something out there that hurts somebody, you know hurts their feelings or makes them feel not well, then, you know, stop it. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> Don't do simple. That. Yeah,
0: that's really simple. Really, really simple of you to break that down. Just be nice. Yeah, thanks. Okay, well, yes. it's been good. <laughs> um, this is kind of way past what you when you said this, so the reference doesn't work at all. But I'm going to throw it in there because that's my shtick as the host. Um, when you said, "Oh, government should be helping out transit," like you're speaking my language now. <laughs> you're a Bus rider? Yeah, I'm not a bus rider, but I'm a bus enthusiast. It's a, it's so you like. <laughs> Draw buses and
1: like, <laughs> yeah, research. this whole room research is just plastered with like different types the of buses. Internet.
0: <laughs> I don't draw them, but the second part is definitely things I do. Every week, I'll Google search Winnipeg Transit and yeah. look for new articles. And I'm like, yes. Well, I got some news. There's a new flyer
2: plant here in Winnipeg that makes buses, and uh, I'm sure they give you a tour if you
0: want. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah, be, yeah.
1: Winnipeg, Winnipeg, is <laughs> goes yeah. to the new flyer
2: plant.
0: <laughs> But I think uh, something that we've talked about before on the show as well is, you know, obviously there's the Joe Rogan memes of DMT and eating out <coughs> and jiu-jitsu and I was thinking to like, like, yeah, what what's our sticks And I think it's like Portage and Maine, Winnipeg Transit. Uh, Portage and Maine. Yeah. That's, yeah. We that's bring that up a lot. quite often yeah Really? Yeah. yeah. Where do you fall on it?
2: We, we want it open. oh You want it open? Yeah. yeah.
0: Where, okay. where do you fall? Uh, I voted no. You voted no? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I was having such a good time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thirty-four minutes will do it. Let's. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. it's over. <laughs> no, bring in another politician. <laughs> this is
2: an unpopular viewpoint in my own household. I should put on the. Record. Really? Yeah, my wife is definitely. Oh, really, yeah. Open.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but I. Just what, what's your do. reasoning behind it? If you wanna,
2: I just uh, I don't think that they have a good alternative plan yet. If, oh, okay. if, they, if they brought a plan that was like, okay, we're going to build this killer roundabout and
0: it's going to make the city, you know,
2: proud and it's going to yeah. uh, meet everybody's needs in terms of walkability
0: and yeah. traffic and all that, then yeah, then I'd be down for it. Yeah. I kind of, when you said roundabout for a second, I thought of like a theme park. I was like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like put a big
1: amusement park rating for yeah, it at your like main.
0: Like a big, what's the one at Valley Fair, the Twister, where it's like huge and green oh, goes over like the a, whole Get of like yeah Get one of those, like yeah. Yeah. Over. Over those huge uh, roller coasters. Yeah. I don't think we're getting that or a monorail. <laughs> <so. laughs> <laughs> don't break my heart, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't crash my dreams. Transit, like. though, we might be able to fix that up a little bit. Hopefully. Yeah. We talk a lot about that, I think, just because uh, I used to ride the bus so much and it drove me nuts. It still does drive me nuts. I have, uh, I have a lot of pent up angst with Winnipeg Transit. <laughs> and I mean, what else? Like DMT and Elk and like,
2: <laughs> Winnipeg <laughs> Transit? Winnipeg
0: Transit, it. Portage and Main, um, yeah. Super Bad and Step Brothers. That's awesome. Like, oh, Step Brothers. Yeah, your stepbrother. Yeah, <laughs> I was having so much fun. No. Oh, cats no, or you're dogs? Not. Cats I, or dogs? I like I like Step I like stepbrothers, but I just think Super Bad's way better. Like Super oh, Bad. Oh, it's a is, choice. Yeah, super Bad true. or Step Brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd
2: probably choose stepbrothers. Oh. Yes, yeah. yes, I, I, I like this that guy. Was a decent
0: that, guy. Five. that was a good <laughs> one. I always
1: worry when the hand goes up. Like <laughs> same, <laughs> same for the elbow. Same stuff. for the
0: elbow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Super Bad. Cats or dogs? Um, dog
2: person for the most part, but we just got a cat. We just got a he cat. He still said he's uh, a dog person. We'll we'll talk to him so so I'll take that away. I'll take that as a win. No, I love this cat. I don't know, like uh, I love the dogs too.
0: So um, yeah, I'm doing the politician thing. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love cats and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and then Candace and I are sitting here like, no, you have to. Go. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's cat's cat. name?
2: Uh, Peju. It means nice links in uh, Ojibwe. Oh, oh,
0: nice. That's a that's a. That's a really cool name. Yeah, yeah, that's a sweet name. Yeah, it's our, uh, it's our clan, like
2: our family clan. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's why we picked that. Was that, the cat? Uh, it's like a, I don't know, Breeze. It's it's a white cat with some orange around the oh, eye. Oh, that's uh, pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: nice. Here's my argument for why cats are better than dogs. Okay. Cat paws, that's it. Paws? Have you seen how adorable cat paws are? They're like lethal weapons. Not <laughs> when they're trying to scratch you, when they're just like standing there. When the claws are tracked. Yeah, up. they're yeah, tracking, okay. they're just standing there, that's...
1: I don't think that's a valid argument, <laughs> I
0: mean... I don't think you've been looking close the the
1: enough. <laughs> dog, dog paws.
0: Dog <laughs> paws,
1: right? See? I'm telling you, man. I mean, like, and a, a cat wouldn't save you from uh, drowning in a river, that's all I'll say. I mean, a dog
0: could. You know and what? And a dog would. I feel like the cat would have just known that you probably should have learned how to start <laughs> earlier in your life. Yeah. The cat would have been bugging you to feed it, and so you wouldn't have fallen in the river in the first place. Yeah, true. This is true. You know what? Yeah. I I will defend. I will die on the cat hill, but. You know, as leader of the opposition, you've been involved in a bunch of debates, so yeah, that's uh, that's a good counterpoint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> a
2: true veteran
0: of the debating game.
2: Yeah, let's figure out what Pallister is, and then whatever he is, I'll just be the opposite. <laughs> definitely he's...
1: looks like a cat person. A cat person. <laughs>
0: cat person. <laughs> he definitely looks like a cat person. No person over six foot six is a cat person. That's a general rule. I don't know about that. Poulster is really tall. Yeah, I feel like not a lot of people know that.
2: Yeah, and I dunked on him in the the debate, though, so. Oh, I thought you were saying real life. I was like, yo, where's the video? (laughs) We had a trampoline.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was uh, was a political pickup game, and, uh, you know. They used to do a hockey game. Really? Apparently. oh really yeah, they don't do it anymore but they used to should be bring
2: a, that back the teams used to bring you know, that the back two, like uh, or the three parties yeah, be awesome. play each other
0: in the team yeah. yeah you know I was thinking like you know Brian Bowman tried to go off glass from 15 feet just a little bit off Pallister didn't think he needed to box anybody out and you just climbed his shoulders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> pranks down the hoop Bowman's a
2: swimmer eh? like really for the record yeah I don't know hopefully I'm not telling any stories out of school there but he's uh
0: well we've been trying to get him on the podcast swimmer. for months yeah. so, so maybe you could talk to him about yeah, exactly the maybe some swim, swim tank technique all
2: that <laughs> yeah maybe this will finally he's an athlete
0: he, he, he probably know how to he looks like it to uh, you know, play some ball or hockey team yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe this will finally open the conversation for him to come on the show and you know let us know if he's a swimmer or not are the rumors true Yeah. does he swim yeah. how, like, can he swim he <laughs> 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 turned he can't swim at all oh, he was just like the on the team <laughs> the only reason he said swimmers because he mentioned the cat saving you from the lake like, yeah I feel like Brian Bowman would not run into that I'm problem <laughs> I just want to say I'm a
2: totally a big believer in your swimming skills. Like, uh,
0: <laughs> I really
1: believe
2: you can swim. Don't worry, it's
1: there's not me.
0: A, there's a political swim meet next. Week. <laughs> All it,
2: leaders
0: are there. <laughs>
1: prove it. Just, just prove it. You say it. Prove Brian it. Brian Bowman
0: just rips <laughs> everybody. Oh, and our, our final thing, because that was a elite banter and I didn't want to cut it off. But our final thing is like legalizing or decriminalizing drugs. That's like our five, right? Portage and Maine, uh, cats and dogs, super bad. Winnipeg Transit and decriminalizing drugs. Yeah. Yeah, that's our five. Okay. And we talked kind of off air at preluding, and you said, let's get this on there. So, uh, I'm not even going to ask you a question. I'm just going to say, yeah, go ahead.
2: Okay. Well, um, on decriminalizing, I think, so, like, people listening to your podcast have heard this before. Yeah. You, you yeah, we've had this? a few conversations so this. So, everyone listening They're knows pros. By now. Yeah. <laughs> they know, like, the difference between decriminalizing and legalizing. Yeah. And, yeah. and stuff like that. So, I think that, uh, so first of all, I'm a provincial politician. It's a federal issue. Like if the, if the you know federal government was, mm-hmm. was going to do it, that's who would do it in right. Canada, right? It, it would be up to the federal government to decriminalize. Um, so it's not really an issue that we deal with here in Manitoba. But I have heard a lot of the discussions about it. And one of the things that I've heard over and over again is people say, look at Portugal. Look at mm-hmm. what Portugal did. They decriminalized and then all of a sudden, you know, everything was way better. But I think people are oversimplifying. Mm-hmm. What Portugal actually did is they invested a ton in housing and treatment and a bunch of social programs to help people who are struggling with addiction first, yeah. right? And then way further down the road, after they would ha- found people places to stay, they found opportunities to help people deal with their trauma. Then, you know, they went down the, the decriminalization route.
0: Yeah. So if we're looking here
2: at Manitoba, we are dealing with a major addictions issue here in the province. In the media, it's talked about in terms of being meth, mm-hmm. right? And I guess if you're out there, you could hear about meth, you could hear about pills, you could hear about you know opioids, all these different things. But I think that we have to do the basics first before we can talk about uh you know decriminalization like we have people like look at all these tent cities that popped up in Winnipeg over the past few years yeah you know what I mean that's going on around the province too like in terms of people being struggling with addictions we you know should ensure that people have a place to stay right Mm -hmm. like people are being turned away from homeless shelters because of substance use in our province right now and so they're sleeping outside um needles being left all over the place yeah i was talking to this one guy who's high on meth in uh, the village in osborne village at the circle Mm -hmm. and uh, i was asking him so like what do you and he's clearly high like he's like jumpy and like looking around and all that yeah i was like so what do you think about treatment you know some people say treatment works other people they think we should focus on other things like harm reduction what do you think about treatment would you do it would you go and the guy said to me he said you know I would go to treatment, but the only way for me to get into treatment off the street is to get arrested. And I don't want to get arrested. And I thought that that was kind of a a pretty eye-opening statement, right? Which is like, why isn't there a pathway when this guy wants to clean up for him to be able to do so, right? Or why isn't there an open door for him to walk through 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, where he can walk through when he wants to turn his life around? Yeah. So for me, like, I think that's where the starting point should be in terms of uh, dealing with the addictions crisis. Talked to a lot of people about it, put a lot of attention on it, and what people are saying, you know, the experts anyways in Manitoba, what they say is, first of all, it's not a meth crisis, it's an addictions crisis. Mm-hmm. So even if all the meth was taken off the street tomorrow, all those people who are using meth would find another substance to use, mm-hmm. right? And so what we got to do is figure out what the root cause was, what was forcing those people into meth in the first place. What the experts say is that it has to do with trauma in your life, like either early childhood trauma or PTSD, like you're a veteran, you go to war, you witness something terrible, it haunts you, or some other trauma in life, car accident could be. And then not having the tools to deal with that in a healthy way forces you to deal with it in another way, which becomes addiction. So I think that's really where the emphasis should be. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to get on Joe Rogan. You should peddling that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Rogan wants to hear about decriminalization. Yeah, I'd be like, but uh, what about DMT? Like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's
1: all I want. <laughs> but I do
2: think that the more, like, if this really is about helping people deal with addictions, if this is about making our society better, if that's what you're looking at the conversation for, then I do think the, the emphasis should be way more on things like housing, ensuring that kids don't suffer abuse when they're little. It should be helping veterans coming back from um, overseas combat, re-engage with society. It should be helping kids with mental health. And it should be, you know, treatment that works and
0: giving people an opportunity. Yeah. A lot of people just want the purge. Like, (laughs) (laughs) all right, everything's legal. Go, go, go.
1: (laughs) 24 hours. Do your thing. But uh,
0: I think it kind of goes. I don't think we're going to have that. No. (laughs) Maybe if uh, the the People's Party of Canada gets in.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're getting in, though. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the guy thought he was like, I'm going to be the Trump of Canada, right?
0: And just crashed and burned. I always made he a joke with people. I'm like, hey, help. I don't care who you vote for as long as it's not the people's party.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's, You know, driving around Manitoba, though, like, I mean, you saw signs and it's kind of like, what is going on? This I is mean, resonating with some people out there. I guess. Right? Unless yeah. that guy wants
0: to come on the podcast, maybe, you know, talk about talk about politics
2: you really push the guest appearances <laughs> <you're> on
0: <laughs> yo we gotta we gotta grab and like Max clench and like everything right
2: we can take. it's yeah remember you to know. slide into buenos dm on Instagram. <laughs> <ground>. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> uh, bueno no bueno yeah you know if uh, if jagmeet's looking for
2: uh where <laughs> would well, you get jagmeet on yeah
0: yeah if you wanna if yeah. you wanna well, hook we'll put in a good
2: word anyways yeah yeah I please promise They're, he he knows how to um grapple his
0: his social media yeah. is so elite. His TikTok yeah he is has like hundreds of thousands. Amazing, of yeah. Right? And our our team perks up like TikTok. Finally,
1: <laughs> like, hey, talking about something. You <laughs> <laughs> you children.
0: <laughs> yeah, his TikTok is
2: incredible. Yeah, he's got some game. Like he he first came to Winnipeg um, as a you know politician seeking the leadership. I think in twenty seventeen, and I was asking him about it right away. And he had a couple rules for Instagram. I'm sure they've tra- changed by now. Because, yeah, like. One of them was, like, no no pictures from a camera phone. It's like every picture has to be from, a, like, a DSLR or, mm-hmm. like, a legit camera of some sort. Yeah. Um, and he even had a little point-and-shoot Sony that he brought with him in this cool leather case that he yeah. like carried on his hip all the time. Yeah. But, um,
0: yeah, he's got a really, really yeah. good
2: social game. I Honestly,
0: I think we were talking about this at work. Um, what would help people visit the social media pages? Doing some of that, like, less optimal camera phone pictures kind of humanizes an Instagram page yeah and that's something that Gary V is big on and this is literally what I'm doing for work we have to study okay what trends are doing well who's doing what and we found giving our clients some stuff to post
2: do you put that on the story or do you put that on the on the main
0: sometimes you can put on the main yeah yeah Okay. With TikTok, you can't do anything with a Like, that would be way Yeah, no, that's different. Too. Yeah, TikTok's yeah. its own game. But video, with Instagram, yeah. I think Gary Vee posted a picture of himself, like, tired after a three-hour sleep. He's on a private jet back home after, like, two weeks of touring and doing inspiration.
2: But I wonder if that's because he's already a millionaire and you're already following him. And that's it's cool. Yeah. And if he was just, like, somebody with 100 followers who posted <laughs> a picture of himself tired
0: coming off a plane, whether you'd be that's true yeah, yeah it's true into it you know? yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't post any pictures coming off the plane after my trip I mean like, our, I our, 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 my bosses are always selling followers too so the people we deal with aren't just 100 follower people oh okay yeah what so. does
2: a follower cost
0: these days oh I have no idea when they hired me oh yeah let's, 10 cents
2: 10 cents a, ten follower. Cents a follower yeah huh it's cheap.
0: Yeah, but yeah, it's cheap. cheap. It's not, it's
2: not that but cheap. But I have like a packages, version. Right? I have like an yeah. ethical version. Like, no, it has to be organic.
0: Yeah, like, they're, actual, they're actual like, they'll engage. It's <laughs> not, that's like, not what I mean though. Like, I mean oh, like you have oh, to earn okay. it. Oh, by, you have like, to earn it. Out. Oh, if I thought you like no bots. That's it. Yeah. Because like, yeah, we don't give bots out when we yeah. say we buy. No, bottles. it's a like click farm type of thing.
1: <laughs> well, this is a great podcast. Yeah. Do do
0: do they caught
1: him. He yeah, like second. He's like, wait a I
0: minute. Was, yeah, wait I was, a minute. I was, <laughs> anyway, I the,
2: I I'd like to apologize in
0: advance to those employers. Yeah, please don't fire me. They don't, they don't listen to this podcast. It's all good. You're going to listen to my podcast, Anyways, we're right?
2: bringing in this new law to ban click
0: farms. Right?
2: <laughs> Guess I'm out of the job. Like,
0: Sorry. Yeah, guys. anyways, <laughs> back to what we were really talking about, but no, if you really want to put in a word with me, you, know, right? <laughs> well, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, with the decriminalization of drugs, I think that is a, a decent... The idea behind it is good. Mm-hmm. You don't... Obviously, like you said, putting housing and actual resources and programs mm-hmm. in place for people to turn their lives around is the most important thing, not just making sure drugs are decriminalized. But the idea of not throwing uh, mentally ill people or people with addictions just right into prison because they have an illegal substance in jail, I think is admirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the argument for it. Um, and then the argument that I've
2: heard, and I guess that guy that I was talking to at the circle kind of mm-hmm. would illustrate that point, right? Because he's been picked up before on account of possession, right? And it's not helping him. In any way, other than to just catch more breaches and get caught up in the justice system. Um, I think the argument against that I've heard, there's like just a very kind of simple law and order that drugs are bad and, you know, um, which a lot of people believe. But I think the argument against that I've heard maybe from more uh, progressive voices, too, is that if you decriminalize without giving people the supports, um, like housing, Mm -hmm. like treatment, um, you might just be... Making it a lot easier for a lot of people to make their lives a lot worse, yeah, very quickly, right? So that's kind of why I'm saying let's focus on the things like housing and let's mm-hmm. focus on um, you know some of the social programs, helping kids ensure that there's not traumatic childhoods for as many Manitobans as we can make sure right. uh, as possible. Let's do those things because I kind of feel like you have to, it's, it's almost like you have to do that anyways, mm-hmm. and you have to do it first because, if you don't, then there's some risk the other the other direction, too.
0: Yeah, I, I've i heard uh, stories by uh, the, what we said off-air about Johan Hari on Rogan. because yeah. Oh, wait, that's another thing we do. Reference Joe Rogan, way too much. I noticed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, got, about Rogan four Four? Come on.
2: It's <laughs> way more than that. He is the patron saint of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Right? He, oh, yeah. absolutely. He's the podfather. If you, you have a few of the right guests, you know, next thing... You know, you guys could have, like, the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, right? the
0: Winnipeg's finest experience. Bottoms up for people listening to playing our drinking game. That nobody has. That nobody's ever participated in.
1: You're the only one doing that, man. I don't drink, so I can't. <laughs> it's the worst part, dude.
0: <laughs> Anyways, um, what he kind of talked about was, you know, the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety, it's connections. So he mm-hmm. talked to a lot of people who had eating disorders, and one of the persons said to him, that she was actually abused when she was younger and subconsciously she wanted she was told she was abused because she looked desirable and attractive so she subconsciously wanted to move as far away from that as Mm -hmm. possible so she went completely the other way and couldn't control her eating yeah so like you said these people don't actually have proper resources to turn their lives around Mm -hmm. so what are we doing when it comes to the quote-unquote meth crisis of winnipeg yeah well we're not doing enough that's for sure
2: um You know, in my own life, like I I dealt with addiction when I was younger. I had a problem with alcohol, right? How did you get out of that? I just, um, I had a really, like in my mind, I guess I just made the decision to change. But like looking at it with the benefit of hindsight, I also had a really good network around me, Mm -hmm. right? Good family, good community, a lot of people uh, having my back, friends, things like that. And, you know, made some tough, choices like there is guys there that I used to like cheers up with at like four or five in the morning and bros for life yeah second I quit drinking never saw him again you know what I mean and so going through that and realizing you know that uh you know that's how it's going to be it took a bit of that but you know I think that as I looked at this addictions issue from a personal perspective from a political perspective from a social angle there's different things for different people right Whether it's a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, could be something like the eating disorder that you're talking about there. Um, They're all variations of different kind of mental health challenges that people are facing. Some people will be able to do a cold turkey. Other people might work with a 12-step program, an AA type of thing, NA. Other people are going to need something really intensive, right? And uh, the other thing that I think we have to keep in mind is that other people aren't going to clean up, at least not right now. And until they do so, we have to use harm reduction. Right. So I think everyone listening would probably accept not everyone's going to quit drinking tomorrow. Not everyone's going to quit using drugs tomorrow. Problematic drinking, I should say. And so unless they do, we should be using harm reduction because somebody who's using IV drug use can spread syphilis. Right. Somebody who's a problematic user of alcohol maybe is contributing violence to the community or is Mm -hmm. doing something else wrong. What if we can get in there? and nudge them into a somewhat more positive direction, clean needles as an example, maybe a managed alcohol program, housing, things like that, where people can not be, maybe they're still struggling with their addiction, but maybe they're not harming other people in the community to the Mm -hmm. same extent, then that is at least somewhat of a positive, and we should be pursuing that too.
0: That's a really good point that, you know, you have to chip away at it, right? Rome wasn't built in a day, and if we can get people to not harm others in the community, if they are, then that's a huge win. I didn't even think of that, honestly. And I and you know this, right? The whole stigma with Winnipeg, and everybody says Winnipeg's extremely ghetto or dangerous, and they don't want to go downtown. Who's saying
2: this? Who's saying this about Winnipeg? Winnipegers?
0: Oh, yeah. Totally oh, okay, they don't yet. want to go downtown? Yeah, yeah they yeah. say downtown's sketch or dangerous, and there is that. Hey there, guys. My good friend, Eric Perrant at MyRide Auto wants to save you the hassle of going to the dealership. If you're looking to buy, sell, or trade a vehicle, you tell Eric what you're looking for and he'll bring it right to your front door. For the absolute highest level of customer service matched with stress free approval and purchase, call or message Eric Perrant. Get approved today. His number is 204 297 28 24, or you can reach him at Peront111 on Instagram or look him up on Facebook. Eric's a terrific guy, and MyRide Auto specifically works with people who don't have very good credit and want to get approved for a car fast. Contact Eric today. You know, there's a kind of consensus, I think, among at least in the suburbs, anyways. I, I yeah. tell people, I'm like, yeah, I love going downtown. They're like, why? I'm like, it's cool. Yeah.
1: I think it's just a misconception. Everyone, like, kind
0: yeah. of. Yeah. Well, Yeah, I mean,
2: if you want to have a good coffee in Winnipeg, you're probably going to go downtown for it. If you want to have a good meal, right? If you want to see a cool show, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to go downtown for it. Um, But, yeah, you can't deny the fact that there's also a lot of challenges in the areas around downtown Winnipeg, right? Social challenges, addictions issues. So I think what I would like to see our province do is just to have people understand, like, we're all in this together. Right. If we don't help people in whatever area of Manitoba, whether it's in the suburbs, because there's a lot of kids getting addicted to meth and other substances in the the suburbs, too, or rural Manitoba or the north, what have you. Unless we help people avoid that situation, we're all going to be dealing with it. Right. We're Mm -hmm. all going to be worse off on a human level because there's more humans out there suffering. Mm -hmm. But if you're more of a financially minded person, we're going to be dealing with it financially, too. Yeah. Because if we don't help that kid in the suburbs or that person in the inner city um, avoid addiction, we're going to be paying for it in the emergency room. Yeah. And the emergency room is the most expensive place in our society to deal with these problems, right? Yeah. You're talking about mm-hmm. emergency room doctors are getting paid hundreds of dollars an hour, right? Mm-hmm. To basically try and babysit somebody mm-hmm. um, yeah. if they're in meth psychosis. Or that's just an example, right? All these other ways that we deal with people. Through ambulance fees and the healthcare costs and all those things, if we just spent like a little bit more time and effort in making our society uh, a little bit more uh, attuned to each other's needs, and yeah, to have you know people in the burbs maybe be more open to downtown, and people in downtown be more connected to what's happening in other parts of the city like that, if our society was a little bit more engaged and we kind of had that mentality change, then I think all of us would be better off, right? Yeah, I'd much rather see us. You know, be talking about, like, get back to that conversation we're having, like, what could be, like, the, you know, a killer app that we make here in Manitoba, what could be, like, an amazing tech in- innovation that we have, but if we're spending a lot of our time just helping people get to square one in our society, it's going to take away from our time from being able to have those other conversations. That's yeah. a really
0: good point. I, I think one of the things that, uh, in what we've done just in this short amount of time on the podcast, when we ask you questions about what you would do to provide solutions is, you talk about setting things up for success before we can go around to the ideas of, you know, uh, decriminalizing drugs or opening Portage in Maine or whatever it is. And I, I Yeah, do, that's interesting. Yeah, I honestly haven't even thought of most of those things. I mean, when it comes to Portage in Maine anyways, because I have to go back to the <laughs> At least one more time. I can't leave that alone. One more time. I have to. I know they're... <laughs> so uh, you voted no.
1: I voted yes. You
2: I voted yes. I we both voted yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. so you just like pat each other on the back for that pretty much you yeah. have this we're the um, okay. we're the
0: portage and Maine mafia when somebody says no and they're all we're like alright so you have going
2: discussions on with other people in your social circles who voted no yeah and you get mad at them and then you come here and rehash your argument <laughs> <into your podcast. laughs> Yeah. is that right? yeah, yeah. We, we, got, we
1: feed it into ourselves we're like yeah we're right we're Yo, right. he's we're got good.
2: this down It's <laughs>
1: um, his show now yeah, I understand this is the
0: quickest anybody's picked <laughs> up on our show I like it Yeah, I like it. Um, But I think, especially with the Bank of Montreal moving out of that building, I think it could have been cool to have like a museum or an art gallery there. But then again, it's so close to traffic that somebody walks out and gets hit by a car.
2: I don't know what it'll be. Like, it'll probably be a, what? Like a restaurant or a bar, maybe? That'd be cool. But if it's
1: going to be a restaurant or
0: a bar... That was that's where the, yeah. the entrance yeah. <laughs> the, entrance yeah. to the park. instead yeah. of uh, instead of monorail take the roller coaster all the way to the airport <laughs> from the BMO old building
2: you know who's gonna hate that? people my age and older you know, I, I used to love roller coasters but not anymore I, I, th- I thought you were gonna
0: say Pallister <laughs> I'm
2: pretty sure he's got a roller coaster in Costa Rica down there. So. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. I was going to say, you know, how there's, uh, you must be this tall to ride. There has to be the inverse of that, too. Like, if you're too tall, you're going to hit your head on something. Yeah. And he probably won't be able to get to the airport from there. He'd be pretty upset. <laughs> you're big on the height thing, eh? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it weirds. I'm so, like, this is one of my weird subconscious little selfish things. I like being the tallest person in the room. Oh, okay. And I usually am. Okay, like so I'm, we
2: we made a breakthrough here. Yeah, right? yeah. Like we, we kind of had a little a therapy moment. hour. From yeah, away. exactly. And
0: I like being the tallest person in the room. So, so if
2: everyone could have their own podcast and we'd be able to deal with a lot of these traumas that people face, we'd all be healthier across the province. Right? That's
0: the new NDP platform. That'll be right? part of our platform. Everyone a needs podcast, a podcast. Better. Podcast studio. For yeah. Every Blue room. Yeti mics. Yeah. They're the best kind. Pod studio. Maybe that's what they're doing Friday nights. Probably. Be a good Finally, idea. yeah. Since they're not being a retail store, brick and mortar, yeah, that'd be cool. Because they said it's gonna be a creative studio. I'm not sure if you heard about Friday Night. Yeah, no, I was
2: talking to uh, the guy at uh, Parlor the other day. Nice. Well, yeah. I guess before
0: Christmas, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, they could do something cool with that. But yeah, people could use that for their new podcast. Everybody get a podcast unload some trauma
1: <laughs> provincial mandate everyone needs to have a podcast maybe, maybe
0: get some unity underwear 20% yeah. off with our code disclaimer there will be no free podcast for <laughs>
2: <the next> <laughs> <platform>. <laughs> just, just a have to put that it's out there <laughs> those people without a sense of humor Jesus. yeah
0: sure Wob you're gonna be uh, <laughs> you're DMs just like, where's my mic where's my mic you would have been flooded with about three people who listened to that <laughs> intently enough to pick up on that and be going yo where's my mic at
2: they're all other podcasters too, aren't they? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> real debaters. Beaver does movies. Denzel—they're all gonna be hitting you up. So be weary for those Instagram accounts. Vultures, legit. Um, something that came up recently was, uh, especially with the renovations proposed about Portage Place. Um, oh, there's—and uh, this is slowly creeping its way into the rotation on our podcast. Stick. Portage Place, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Um, so with Portage Place, obviously with the huge renovations going on, it's done by a private investor. Mm -hmm. I know there are some people worried about what's going to happen to the people who stay in Portage Place who use it as a shelter, Mm -hmm. and I think my kind of viewpoint on that was like, that's just and all and moral to think about those people. However, that's not Skylight's problem. Like, that's the government to try to figure out, like, what happens to the citizens. Like, if a private investor's coming in, putting down $400 million, they kind of... Got a role with their game plan, right? We should, mm-hmm. It should be the provincial and municipal government working together to figure out what happens to the people who are less fortunate in those areas. Yes, and so
2: like go for a little it. improv yeah. thing here. So yes, I agree that that is the role, especially the provincial government, because mm-hmm. like the provincial government is supposed to build social housing. So like mm-hmm. if if you for whatever reason are down on your luck and you need just a roof over your head, that is a provincial government's role. That's mm-hmm. why we have Manitoba housing, right? And there's a lot of problems with mental housing. But one of the biggest challenges is that there's not enough spaces for people to live in. And we're actually losing spaces under the current government. But what I would say is I don't think any corporation... Uh, is reaching its full potential if they just ignore the community that they operate in, right? And so I do think that the best companies and the best corporate leaders Mm -hmm. actually do pay attention to their surroundings. Mm -hmm. And so this new developer, I think, uh, hopefully they do so, and I think that they would be better off if they did actually do a bit of a scan at the neighborhood and, you know, just downtown generally. Yeah. Figure out what the needs are. Figure out, um, you know, you know, are people using this for shelter and what's going to happen to them Mm -hmm. and be part of the solution for that because it's going to pay off for them uh, financially in the long run because they'll get more loyalty, they'll have a good corporate image, but also corporate social responsibility is a really important thing nowadays. Yeah. If we look at other cities too, Vancouver is an example. Um, I know New York does it too. There are a lot of mixed use developments where if you put up a condo tower you also are supposed to create some social housing units Mm -hmm. along the way too. So I think, you know, there's different ways to do that. You can do that strictly by making a rule saying like every 100 condo units you build, you have to build, let's say, 20 social housing units Mm -hmm. along with it. Or you could do things that are more like a a tax grant. And we actually, this was in our platform to do this, um, where basically you would um, save money on the taxes you have Mm -hmm. to pay on your project development the more social housing or affordable housing units you add to your project.
0: Yeah, and I know they are talking about affordable housing and uh, social housing as well, because they're building those two giant uh, giant towers. But uh, I was just, I think, you know, there are some people who, actually can afford affordable housing and then there are those who might be in an even more unfortunate situation who might not be able to afford that right and I think that does come down to uh, uh government housing and figuring out maybe safe shelters for those people as well
2: yeah I mean like when I'm walking around downtown I, I try and talk to people like whoever wants to talk to me whether they're you know business person or you know young old mm-hmm. homeless what have you um And I think that part of it is, you know, like I said before, I feel really lucky for all the opportunities that I've had in my life, whether it's professional opportunities, political opportunities. And so, like, I think part of it is, like, the opportunities that you've been given in life, you kind of have to pay it back to the society that gave it to you. Mm -hmm. And part of the way you can do that is just by trying to be nice and talking to people and hearing what they have to say. And um, if we're just to, like, take that to its logical conclusion, I think it does mean that, like, we shouldn't turn a blind eye when we see somebody living on the street, right? And Mm -hmm. so I would hope that we as, you know, Manitobans could all agree that, you know, we should at least try and do something to help people who are out there. Like, again, maybe some of the folks who are living in tents and stuff like that, no matter, even if there was an unlocked suite that was warm and open to them Yeah, maybe they'd still choose to, to, to stay outside but at least we should
0: open the door try yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess we should try yeah, yeah for sure um, I'm actually going to check I wrote down <coughs> some questions I want to make sure I got everything this is the first time I actually wrote a question, so we're making progress here. Oh, 80 episodes in, I finally uh, realized that. We're all like spit up a Diet Coke, and then like, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, run for the. Egg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so, last question. Yeah.
0: Wait a minute. Yeah, slap the laptop <laughs> down, and throw a mic. Maybe it was over. Wow, it looks like I actually hit. Oh no! There was one thing uh, that I did want to talk about. I know. Uh, that was a good segue too, by the way. I'm killing this yeah. right now. <laughs> Excellent. I was there. I'm murdering Transitions <laughs> are our, uh, our specialty. Yeah. I also uh, I also do stand up comedy. Okay. Shameless plug. Extremely shameless plug. Wednesday night at Wee Johnny's, 9 p.m. Thursday night at the Handsome Daughter, 8 p.m. Come through. Uh, and whenever I struggle, did you got a hip hop karaoke
2: at uh, Handsome Daughter. I heard that was.
0: Uh, I haven't gone yet, no, times. but I heard it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: So that's the thing. Anyway, yeah. sorry to interrupt your I'm promo.
0: Gonna, <laughs> no, it was You're doing Chase a self-promo. It was. It was pretty much over. But I'm doing a show on Thursday. By the time this episode's up, it's going to be over. Okay. So all you fake fans probably weren't going to be there. But you know, it's cool. It's Insulting cool. the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Bold move. <Yeah. laughs> they. I think, they. I they think get. You guys are great. <laughs> They get if you ever want to come on, you know, guest Sometimes, oh, sometime, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, maybe good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Sure. You could tell the audience how much you love them. I could be like, you guys, don't listen enough. You guys are <laughs> DMs, I hate you. I haven't got any <laughs> fan DMs yet. And then I'll
2: just be like, hey, listen,
0: uh, he doesn't mean it. He's really a nice guy. <laughs> He's just bitter. Seriously, send some DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Things have been tough for him at work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> logic is fast can't even work anymore yeah. we actually
0: have had some fan dms so i don't mean to you know f- i'm just kidding about that we actually have had some people reach out and be like oh you know i can't stop your show it's really cool so that's nice to see yeah
1: you're all over the place today man i love dude, it
0: i am i just like to think that it's because my back hurts and i tried this new medication and i'm just like off one we're right on here. meds <laughs> okay. yeah okay <laughs> I'm off my rocker today. Um, but yeah, I read this report recently that uh, in Brian Bowman's year-end kind of review, he talked about how difficult it is to get a hold of the Premier, Brian Pallister, and that he's talked with Trudeau actually the same amount of times as yeah. Pallister and how frustrating that is. You know, he says he respects him as a politician and all, mm-hmm. and and yet he wants to continue that dialogue. Uh, I actually don't really know... What, I mean, obviously the provincial is the whole province and the municipal is yeah. mainly the city, but how do those two work in tandem, ideally? Ideally, that should be the most
2: important relationship in Manitoba. Mm-hmm. The mayor and the premier should be working really closely together mm-hmm. because uh, the city of Winnipeg is very important economically, a huge percentage of Manitobans live here, and it needs the provincial government in order to succeed because the provincial government is the senior partner in the relationship. A lot of the money comes from the provincial government to pay for roads, to pay for Mm -hmm. this North End water treatment plant that we need in order to help save Lake Winnipeg, a lot of things like that. So that should be a really, really important relationship. So to hear, you know, uh, that is not, uh, it's not a good sign. Um, It's discouraging. It's discouraging, yeah, because that, that should be the best relationship. Or it should be... It's like, you know, with people you work with, maybe they don't have to be your best friend, but you should be able to work together. Yeah. Right. And this is not about one person's ego or, you know, whatever is getting in the way there. Mm -hmm. This is about the people of Manitoba. Right. There's like 1.3 million people who live here. Yeah. Um, And whether you live in Winnipeg or not, odds are you're going to come to the city for shopping or for appointments or for what have you, or you're going to fly out of the city here. Right. So you have a vested interest in Winnipeg too, even if you live outside of the perimeter. And it should be about them. Myself getting elected, other people getting elected. It shouldn't be about how we're feeling or this and that. It should be about what can we do to help people who sent us to the legislature. Or what can we do to help people who sent us to city hall. All
0: right. Yeah. And Winnipeg. All right. Manitoba is its a unique province, right? I think a lot of provinces have one or two major cities that people mm-hmm. uh, can kind of rally around or wherever they're located if they're not in the city. But Manitoba... Is just really high as Winnipeg. Nobody's thinking of like, man, I really want to fly to Brandon today. If they can even do that, and Brandon's not like a major. You <laughs> <He> can. Sp- <laughs> oh, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You but- can catch a WestJet from Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you can fly to Thompson. Of course, you can fly to Brandon you get a calm air from uh, Thompson. Yeah. Can you get swoop from Brandon? Oh, that's a good question. Probably not.
1: Yeah, probably a like a $10 <laughs> ten dollar plane ride in Swoop. Yeah,
0: not even a plane. It's like a shitty helicopter.
1: <laughs> Some dude with like a propeller just carrying you to Brandon. Yeah, you
0: picked him up on like an online market somewhere <laughs> with a helicopter. But yeah, like a lot so of... So we're the- talking about ride sharing? Yeah. <laughs> is, this, is this a new Uber? <laughs> is Uber coming with a pay? <laughs> I'm really sick of Tower <laughs> Car. I hate it. Yeah. Um, no, well,
2: no, I mean... The- Brandon, Dauphin, Thompson, Steinbeck, Morton, Winkler, there's tons of important Mm -hmm. uh, towns and villages, uh, cities across the province, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like there is hundreds of thousands of people who live Mm -hmm. in rural Manitoba and live in the north and other places like that. So the whole province is important. But um, again, whether it was, even if it was a relationship between the premier and the mayor of Brandon, that's Mm -hmm. an important relationship the premier and the mayor of Thompson, right? That's yeah, an important that's a good relationship too. So you wouldn't want to hear that about any of those, yeah. you know, relationships kind of not being on the best footing. That would be a problem because all of those are important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, the same thing applies. It should be, even if you don't get along the best, be a professional, sit down, right. do your job, serve the people who sent mm-hmm. you and then whatever, you know, Yeah. once the job's done, then you can, uh, you know, do your own thing afterwards. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, I think the last real touch point I had written down anyways was, you know, Winnipeg is kind of a big city now. It's not... Uh, yeah. I, a lot of people call it, oh, it's like a small town. It's like the biggest small town. Like, no, we're a big city. We got like 750,000 people here. We're moving forward in a really quick way. I, I see yeah. a lot more construction and cranes everywhere in the city building and constantly trying to head in the right direction or in a forward direction anyways. Like, have you how have you seen that over the years? Has it been exponential, and what does that look like to you? How does it make you feel seeing the city move this way?
2: Uh, Winnipeg seems like it's it's growing pretty steadily. Mm-hmm. You know, like the good thing about our province is that it's not the boom and bust that you see in some other provinces, right? Like Alberta or Ontario, right? Like Alberta, obviously, oil is very big there. Ontario, manufacturing, like the auto sector, if, Mm -hmm. you know, the car makers have a downturn, then they're in a recession, basically. But Manitoba's pretty steady. So what I've seen, um, I I think obviously it's moved out, and it's even more than just Winnipeg now. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of the surrounding communities. Mm -hmm. So when I was a kid, I remember... We used to go to Ilda Shane for yeah. hockey, you know, or um, other communities uh, close by. And it was pretty rural, right? And now those are essentially bedroom communities like Niverville, Shane, yeah. you Shane, know, Oak Bluff, Oak Bank. Right. People commute from Winnipeg yeah. or to Winnipeg for work and they live in communities like that. So whether it's the city of Winnipeg proper or some of those surrounding communities, yeah, I think the area has grown quite a bit. What I'd like to see us do in the future is I'd like us to make this like a global example for how we could make a a society that fights climate change. Mm -hmm. We got a huge opportunity with Manitoba Hydro. We have hydroelectricity that's clean. Like we don't burn coal here. Mm -hmm. We don't use a ton of natural gas compared to other places. We still use natural gas to heat our homes in a lot of places in Winnipeg in particular. But, if we used hydro to create some jobs for people, to weatherize people's homes, to build out charging stations for electric vehicles, um, help people buy that cyber truck, you know, and uh, yeah. whenever it comes, comes out in a few years, um, knock on wood, yeah. did you place your order? I'm yeah. kidding. Oh, I did. <laughs> I already made six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we do all those things, we could make this province clean. But also like a powerhouse, you know, economically speaking. And that would be probably the best contribution we could make to the country of Canada and to the world is to just say, you can, you can do both. You can grow your economy. You can have good jobs for people. It can be a modern economy with a good tech industry and with, you know, creative industry and arts and culture and all these things. But at the same time, we're doing our part to fight climate change. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's like... That's how I'd like to see it
2: continue to grow.
0: Right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Kanan, did you have any, like, questions or anything you wanted to touch on or ask?
2: We covered everything that I wanted to
0: touch on, so... Perfect. Um, I guess I just want to ask, like, some lighter, quick questions, and, like, what are some of your favorite things to do around the city?
2: Well, over the holidays, I was uh, skating a lot on the outdoor rinks, so I like to go to the ODR quite a bit with my kids. I have a 12-year-old and 14-year-old who are... Die Hard into Hockey. Yeah. I do this one. He's not old enough to skate. He's a year and a half. But, oh, okay. uh, The two older ones are Die Hard into Hockey. So I like doing that a lot, like skating. Um, you got any six sellies? Um, my go-to is always like the Dustin Bufflin. Oh, where yeah. he uh, popped the collar on his jersey there. And then um, we saw a good one on a Dude Perfect video over the holidays. Oh, okay. Where, I don't know if you watched do oh, perfect yeah. Yeah. so anyway so Ty did a silly where he was like sliding on the ice and doing push ups at the same time while he was sliding so I'm gonna I'm working on that one gonna try and getting the reps up yeah so just try to, to yeah exactly
1: first I gotta be able
2: to do enough push ups and then I'll add the sliding
1: I think so, I need so to do at least three so let's yeah, yeah exactly. big
2: steps so yeah, look you, for that to hit the Canlan uh, exactly. fear leagues
0: you can't exactly <laughs> slide and do knee push ups right? There. that's way less yeah, cool it
2: takes quite a bit away from the aura of toughness. <laughs> you do like doing Nipa chefs like, no, 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 don't worry. It's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. So, obviously, working on the celllies is a big part of my <laughs> downtime. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. And, then I, and then I write. Like, I like to write as well. So nice. So, that's kind of one of my pastimes. How many, is it just the one book that you wrote? or uh, I did um, a memoir and then a kid's book. Kid's book is basically a song. Nice. It rhymes, and kids love rhymes for whatever reason. Yeah. So we do. Like if we you, do love rhymes. If you put I think you meant like little kids. Can't <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I like kids these days. <laughs> kids <laughs> of all ages. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I just wrote a novel. First, uh, first bit of fiction. So nice. that's hopefully going to get published in a couple of years. So, nice. Yeah, it's just like my opportunity to just kind of zone out and meditate a bit. Yeah. So I like to. Yeah. Like it, do you have, what's your favorite dinner spot in the city? Favorite dinner spot in the city? So, I'm the MLA for Fort Rouge. Yeah. So, i Osborne in my area. So, I'm probably going to, you know, get some constituent mad at me if I <laughs> choose, like, one spot over the other. Because, like, you look at, like, Segovia, Cornerstone, right? Even BMC Market, New Burger. BMC uh, Market goes hard. Yeah. Those tacos <laughs> yeah. are probably... Was uh, it three for ten? Yeah. <laughs> and then they have uh, Agua Fresca there, too. Which oh, is, yeah. Uh, you don't see that too many places in in Winnipeg, so I don't know. I like a lot of those uh, those spots. Um, probably the uh, yeah, I don't know. If Spicy Noodle House is pretty good too. Yeah, actually, now that I think of it, quite crepe Bonnie King, yeah, it's not dinner place, but just have to shout it out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Probably, um, I'll probably just cop out and say eating, uh, eating a good home-cooked meal. It's probably my favorite.
0: Nice. Yeah. I mean, but that's also the honest answer.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. can beat a home-cooked meal. Yeah. Never. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel that. I like the barbecue. Yeah. 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 What's you know. your favorite thing to
2: barbecue? Well. Elk? Uh, yeah, <laughs> with jalapenos. And then post it on my Instagram. No <laughs> Full <Flair of> <laughs> are, are, are you doing the carnivore diet for January Wow <laughs> I'm not. But actually... Uh, let me take all the fun out of the conversation and say, like, um, I am trying to be more like, uh, environmentally thoughtful about how I eat. And mm-hmm. obviously a lot of what we eat can have a big impact on the environment and climate change. So recently I started like all the meat that I, not all, but a lot of the meat that I eat now is either stuff that my family like harvested ourselves, yeah. like wild meat, or there's this farmer in Southwestern Manitoba um he's got a a farm called food ethos you can follow him on instagram i was just gonna say what's his instagram yeah it's food ethos farm and it's cool because you see how his cows live and they're just like wandering around in the trees but the whole idea of what he does is like he's raising cows and chickens and that Mm -hmm. but in a way that keeps the land natural and so it doesn't have an impact as much in terms of climate change nice and so and he delivers it to your house not paid content by the way i'm just mentioning this he's not looking for followers I guess he is, but you know <laughs> everyone on Instagram. Yeah, everyone's for like followers. for followers. Yeah, he's not looking
0: to buy followers, I, I guess.
2: I don't know. You could hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway I tell Jordan this. Yeah. So yeah, so he's working. He's working. Working always on the clock. <laughs> so stops. Is like yeah, I like cooking. Uh, whatever, whatever he's gonna bring through. Awesome. But it's um,
1: kind of eye opening because you, yeah.
2: you realize like eating chickens that actually walk around. Yeah, it makes things, a difference. Drumsticks like this long, wow. and they have real muscle. Like a muscle. turkey leg. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, there's more ligament in it, mm-hmm. so you kind of realize that your 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 appetite's been programmed by like uh, yeah you know Safeway or Sobeys or uh, wherever
0: you know. I'm like imagining you thing. doing the Joe Rogan you're eating. You're like, oh yeah, this is an athlete right here. You can tell this is a powerful animal.
1: <laughs> he's been working. He's been running around.
0: Like I for one is like have
1: like gone more what's the word like veg or uh like more vegetarian in my yeah. diet. Like I haven't had meat in like – since I – like well, I went on a trip to Mexico and I was like, oh, rules off. Like I'm getting what I want. But even before that, I was – had really conscious decisions to never eat meat. I just – I just don't like it anymore. It's, it upsets really? it my stomach and it just like the whole conscious thing behind it of like eating an animal is kind of – Yeah. Eating an animal's flesh is like kind of weird. So huh. just
2: yeah. – Yeah, I tried uh, eating more vegan food last year and I was pretty pretty consistent about it. I read this one book. This guy, Jonathan Saffron-Farr, said that um, – in order to meet what we need to do to stop climate change we could like give up driving cars and planes and all this other stuff mm-hmm. or we could just switch to eating vegan two out of three meals a day wow. which is pretty mind blowing that that's how much of an impact it has yeah on it. so i don't know like what's realistic in terms of people but like could you see yourself maybe like having a smoothie and toast for breakfast and then maybe like you have a you know vegetarian sandwich for lunch right, right? that would go a huge huge Amount of the way that we need to do to, to deal yeah. with a pretty serious problem. Interesting. Unless you have like pork in your smoothie or something, then yeah. You yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't think it's a smoothie <laughs> at that point, but I mean So you guys
2: are Rogan fans, so check this out. So I tried the Rogan veggie smoothie. Have you guys done that? That no. smoothie no. he talks about where you put like a piece of ginger like the size of a, oh, yeah. a, you know, a pager into it and stuff. Gross. So I tried it a few days. Uh and you know, it's it's mainly all like kale and spinach and a bunch of other radishes, whatever, so I tried it, and I was like, yeah, I'm so healthy, this and that, and then, uh, I was driving my kids to to school and to daycare, and they are like four and six at the time, so I'm driving after I had this deadly smoothie with a huge amount of ginger, and my older son in the back seat, he's like, Dad, what smells like bologna? <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it might not be a meat smoothie when you think it is, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would have I, thought baloney smelled like ginger, to be honest, but I, know, I guess vice versa. How does it sound like, like
2: baloney? Nothing, nothing smells like baloney.
0: <laughs> your are <laughs> imagining things. Yeah, typically bad. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> eat your toast. Turns the radio up louder, passive aggressively. <laughs> oh, I uh, I usually have that thought of, like, wow, I'm so healthy after I, like, eat an apple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you're doing your part now, <laughs> yeah. Look at me go.
0: Um, yeah, we're about we're at 121 right now. How do you feel? Pretty good. I pretty feel good. pretty good. This is this is a good time. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm good. Out of questions and thoughts and cool. abstract nonsensical sentences to say. Can I do a
2: promo while we're here? Yeah, absolutely. I was of course. Say, is
0: there anything you'd like to plug? Um, check out the website mbndp.ca.
2: So that's our website for the Manitoba NDP. All right. Yeah.
0: Nice. We'll put follow him in the on, Instagram, yeah. Wobber. Yeah, Wobber on Instagram at Wabber. Yeah, Wabber on Instagram. W a b b e r. Yeah, that's an A, not an O, guys. Yeah, anybody out there who did not get that, um, <laughs> they, got uh, yeah, <laughs> they got it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they got it. It's got all it. good. They'll they'll read the episode name. They can't misspell it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but anyways, that's thank you so much for doing this. this was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah we really nice. appreciate it's it. It was fun. Yeah, this was a. I thought I felt like it went really well. So. I appreciate. Are we in time the post
2: game and... now? Like we're talking about how it
0: went. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, any pointers? Know. Anything you want to add? Like, yeah, what was it like in the first fifteen minutes when you're like, "What am I doing here?" <laughs> Hold
1: <How's> my voice. <laughs> my voice.
0: <laughs> you know, you thought you guys really had us in that first fifteen minutes. Second <laughs> yeah. fifteen minutes, we hit stride a little bit. I Think my
1: favorite part is when you had to make Bueno hit the reset there. I've never, I've never seen anyone do that, so like that was
0: that was cool for me. That was awesome for me. We're still reaching first here on Winnipeg's finest. Um, yeah. Again, thank you so much for doing this. This is us signing off on Winnipeg's Finest. Have a great week. Peace.